Hello, everyone. It's Southern Souls Podcast again, this time from my studio basement in Hamilton, Ontario. It's The Dill. Uh, and with me tonight, I have two members of Alphabot. We have Jake Rolls and Willow Weber, all the way from Toronto. And they've come down in their smart car. And I'm very excited to have them. How are you doing, guys? Uh, super great. This is fantastic. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for the ribs. Yeah. Yes, we did just have a nice southern cooked rib dinner. And <laughs> it's what you do in the summertime. You have corn on the cob and you have these kind of fun uh, get-togethers. But there's a good uh, good reason to hook up and chat. Um, you have something exciting happening coming up uh, in sh- just a few weeks. Uh, do you want to tell us about it? Uh, yeah, the Summerworks show has been uh, uh, dominating my life for <laughs> for the past while um it's a big uh you know artist toronto music scene extravaganza it's eight episodes of a kind of a live action comic book of sorts uh of the toronto music scene in the robot apocalypse uh featuring guest toronto artists like um uh, Kurt Marble as re- reprising his role as Glitter Jesus, and uh, Dave Kleiser from The Walls Are Blonde, and Laura Barrett from Sheezer, Michael Lewis Johnson from the Lemon Bucket Orchestra, uh, Zoo Owl, yeah, Zoo Owl, and um, uh, people of Canada. That's bringing it way back. And um, did you say Wax Mannequin? I, d- I did not say Wax Mannequin, and Wax Mannequin, who is a who's a, a wonderful, wonderful wizard. <laughs> <laughs> So the performance itself is um, a few days long. So explain that to the audience. Uh, so it's the August 8th, 10th, 12th, and 13th. Uh, there's eight episodes, and each night is a double feature. So the, um, so the first night, the 8th, is episodes one and two. Each episode is half an hour, so there'll be episode one, half an hour long, and then we'll say, you know, 15-minute break, and then episode two will play and uh each episode is you know a different piece of the story so there's uh (laughs) you know so you get the to to see the whole show you gotta come to each episode but each episode is self-contained and fun and different bands different stuff i didn't mention marivelle before which is great bringing some owen sound uh crew in on the show it's gonna be a uh, yeah, like I said, different different bands for different nights, and uh, many many other contributing artists behind the scenes too that have helped us put the show together. Oh, and, absolutely! Like visual yeah. contributing artists, uh, we've got someone doing videos and people bringing in uh, installation pieces for the set and uh, and all kinds of cool interactive interactivity. So every night is all different it sounds like yeah every night is a different episode right so it's it's one long story and each show each 30 minute show is a different episode it's like a serial right like a like a tv show i'm thinking drawing so much inspiration from like the old x-men and spider-man cartoons from the 90s yesteryear yeah from 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 uh longer ago than i'm comfortable with uh and so many different it's the same set though you're saying or is it several different sets uh, is there a set director is there like a stage manager like this is sounds like it's part theater it's it's very theatrical there's a it's it's like a you know hybrid music and theater show the festival uh, itself is largely a theater um based festival with a lot of musical 
contributions as well. Yeah, the pitch for this was very much, you know, Summerworks used to have the music series and the theater series, and this year they're sort of combining it. So uh, my pitch was like right on board with what it's what they were after this kind of, uh, you know, concert of sorts with bands and and Alphabot playing a number of songs and then the theatrical elements. Um, yeah, to answer your question, though, yeah, there is one set, but different elements change uh, over the course of each episode, right? So there's there's the one set that's kind of like a blanket fort, but it's got interactive lights that change depending on the song and the and the mood. And we've uh, we've got a lighting designer designing, um, you know, to uh, <laughs> to. So you've got different lights for the for the different songs and the different scenes to uh, to reinforce the kind of immersive feel of the of the experience and video projections that are um, that are unique to each scene and song and episode to uh, to just yeah underscore the the immersiveness of the uh, of the experience. It sounds quite. Um, elaborate I, 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 in, a, in the best way um, the lighting person you're saying like lighting would you call them again? lighting designer lighting designer and any other visuals are they all connected uh, in to one computer or is there like a master you know control board for this kind of thing or is it several different components it's several different and we've got different people running different stuff it's like you said really elaborate there's a lot going on and we'll have we have our production manager who's putting the show together uh and our stage manager who runs the show each night so you know we have all of our lighting cues and all of our video cues and all of our sound cues that our stage manager is saying okay like stand by lx1 and that's go for the for the moody you know deep haunted woods look and then play video cue two and that plays through the projector and it's uh images from you know metropolis and and other fun retro sources yeah you don't want to give too much away oh yeah sorry (laughs) it's images from which is you know open source and and lots of fun (laughs) (laughs) um your stage plot must look amazing just just a a spider web of uh, of what's of wires and and uh, <laughs> explain how that kind of how have you how have you planned where things go and where do you rehearse something a production this big? Well, that's been that's been a real challenge. Is just the uh, the logistics of having a different show every night. I mean, like you know, traditional theater shows, like you said, they have a stage plot. They have spike marks where things go, so you can essentially go into autopilot and reset everything but for this show it's different every single night so uh rehearsing is wherever the bands rehearse themselves so i you know bring my kit and we set up in their zone and we work out what's going to happen each set and go from there so our stage plot looks like okay episode one has the alphabot uh loop set up and the thumper setup where i play drums with my feet and episode one has zoo owl who needs you know x number of di's and then episode two is michael lewis johnson who's a hologram and it's all playback and then episode three is glitter jesus so it's kurt marble's band with most people and they need like a drum kit and we've we've tried to be um as clever as we can to our own advantage though in terms of 
knowing that each show is going to be slightly different and have, and needing to map the stage kind of as we go to a degree because we only have so much time in advance to like work with the space. Um, so we've done as much modular modular set building as we can. So each each building that makes up this set of kind of wonky cartoonized spooky Toronto, um, none of them are that connected they all kind of come apart and can be moved around to absorb whatever um artist we have working on stage at the time so it's it's a big messy pile of toronto made of cardboard essentially yeah (laughs) sounds kind of fitting (laughs) yeah there will be a lot of give and take and there'll be a lot of spontaneity in the show we've kind of we've written a script and we're all very committed to that kind of Lauren Bouchard curb your enthusiasm like improvise based on what's there and and go because each band is is as their character right so uh Kurt Marble is Glitter Jesus is this you know uh egotistical rock cult leader who is trying to recruit audience members into his cult of never getting a job and growing your hair long and wearing glitter at all times. And did he pick that character? Is that his persona anyways? Yeah. That Well, both, right? Like what I've, the original ethos of this show was to like highlight Toronto's kind of mystical people, right? Like, it's it's more autobiographical than I'd like to admit. There's there's a lot of like my first experiences of these different people. And Kurt Marble, he's he's done the Glitter Jesus thing for his own Summer Works show in previous years. So this is his like reprisal of that role. And Wax Mannequin is this uh, this omniscient kind of spectral voice, which is very much you know the first time I saw him, it was like this otherworldly ethereal. You know, like, what is what is this guy? What, yeah, what am I watching? Yeah, exactly. But, it, like, in terms of, of them taking on characters, too, because they do take on characters. This is, like, a theatrical performance of a story. But I think because of the, the themes of the show that you've written and the what it's about it's very relatable to other musicians so it's been it's been incredible the response we've had from the people that you've approached to work with you and work with us um they kind of they almost instantly kind of take over for the most part and fall into place and have their own character because they relate so strongly with the um drive to talk about venues shutting down and talk about corporations sucking up all of the resources and stuff like that's a very relatable feeling as an artist in toronto condos in creation <laughs> condos yeah the the fight against condos is almost a war yeah no foolies um, it's you you spoke about you know characters and these people you know falling into these roles um how do you feel do you feel like it is actually quite easy for these people to play a part because it's it takes away for them you know being having things too personal like and maybe even you as well um, you know, you know, to be in character as opposed to being yourself performing. Uh, do you, how do you feel like you know with your experience and with these other people? Uh, what's your stance on that? I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, there's in any performance, right? You're you're playing, right? Like even if you're, uh, you know, every single performer is 
not that people are lying or people are acting or putting on airs, but you're you're always you know presenting a version of yourself. And so for the Alphabot Crush on Humans show, it's like which you know let's find the the version of yourself that's going to fit into this show, and let's you know dial that to eleven and and make it really wacky and zany when i was first well and whimsical and sweet and sad and (laughs) and all of that when i was first uh kind of conceptualizing the show i approached some some artists that said like "Eh, i'm not really into that kind of like i don't want to play pretend and do lines or whatever so picking and approaching different artists you know there were different (laughs) different responses and i'm really thrilled with the lineup that i've got and some some of them were right out of the gate on board to dial it up to 11 and with some people we've been working back and forth to uh to find the characters yeah it's i wonder if it's uh indicative of if they were you know into theater in in high school or if they weren't or well and everything right like if you're into dungeons and dragons which is which is a huge thing for us is this kind of idea of collaborative storytelling which is which is the show, essentially, right? Like, so much of it is just narration over these video projections and this set and extras in the background with uh, with costumes and, uh, and the environment. Uh, just having that kind of narration from multiple sources to kind of create something together is, uh, is very much the show. <laughs> that's, that's everything. Sorry to be ignorant. Is this a Fringe performance? Uh, it's Fringe Toronto. Or it's no? Summerworks. Like Fringe is done now, um, but it like Fringe is the theater festival, which is great. Fringe is a fantastic, fun party. Uh, the only it's a lottery though, right? So it's there's like the difference is Summerworks is curated, and there's you have to pitch it and and get you know get accepted and all that. Sure. Yeah, both are both are sounds like they're a bit challenging to get into. Absolutely. Oh, like there's no. I'm not casting any kind of judgment on anybody. I love everything. Um, there you go. <laughs> you heard it here first. Jake loves everything. Jake loves everything. So you can just come up to him on the street and be like, Jake, do you love this thing? And if he says no, you know he's lying. <laughs> he's lying to your face as a potential fan. So yeah. I think that's pretty dastardly. <laughs> So tell me how, tell the listeners how you came up with this concept. Uh, This, like, the Alphabot storyline has always been, um, you know, that robots took over so long ago and they've been sort of ruling humanity secretly for, for years. Like the industrial revolution of, like, turning people into these machines that work for eight hours a day and, um... And the kind of institutionalizing and the, and the systemic um, commodification of people is the robot apocalypse. So I like to say we're living in the pre-robot apocalypse where everybody is kind of working for the machines. And um, so Alphabot is this, you know, is is the first robot that the robots sent out to be an investigator and a field researcher uh and to justify that i decided that okay so it way back in the prehistory you know when the earth was just a cold dead rock it existed in a 
in a state of pure efficiency where nothing got done. So everything was pristine and everything functioned to the best. There was nothing getting in the way of progress, but there was, it's kind of complicated. It's just like the pure efficiency, just those two words I really love. And then once organic life started evolving, then the robots had to evolve to try and stop organic life. And there was an evolutionary war culminating in robots versus dinosaurs. And the robots called down the asteroids and then the ice age. So the robots are hiding under the ocean and they send up Alphabot to investigate the world and find out if it's safe for the robots. And you know, Alphabot loses track of time and <laughs> begins investigating minutia of unimportant things. And then the robots get bored and, and come up and slowly kind of invade humanity. And when Alphabot finds human civilization, it's like, oh, you're already robots. You know what I mean? Like, you're already making illogical you're making robot-like decisions, like putting refrigerators inside, refrigerators which are like cooling boxes inside a heated room when it's winter outside, right? So it's like you've got this machine that's fighting the environment that it's in, and then that machine, that building is fighting the environment that it's in, which is outside, which is, you know, you don't need a refrigerator, you got a snowbank. Humans think like that. Robots think like, here's a problem. We'll fix that with more, with solutions that are inherently problematic. Okay. <laughs> it's really long and convoluted. I love it. No, that I was, apologize that was that. perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, so you must feel pretty strongly about um, the lack of productivity and inefficiency of modern technology. And, oh. and how we're, you know, constantly losing track of time and procrastinating, like the tools of procrastination. It's like, it's almost like it's like if procrastination was a person, it would be like, <laughs> I'm winning against everyone. Well, that's me. one of the. That's just one Lord. of the like <laughs> procrastinator in the great like the grand robotic council. Right, one of them is like the the uh, the department of procrastination and it's it's you know in charge of like opiating the masses so it's like oh i put out another like app that people are just gonna get sucked into uh wax mannequin has this great um great bit in his segment of the show about how people have just become tentacles of this ai right so like at a certain point we stop existing for ourselves and we start existing solely to like provide this imaginary currency of like Facebook likes and Instagram follows to this, this, whatever it is, this AI, right? It's like deity. Almost. Yeah, exactly. This department of like procrastination. So well, like, and like also on top of that, we've trained ourselves like you, you can't really trust whether or not someone is a robot or just like a person who's not doing a great job, <laughs> because we've trained ourselves to procrastinate just in, in our interactions with one another. Like we have so many human caused problems within our societies, yet and instead we choose to focus on so many other completely fabricated, stupid problems instead. Like that, that is incredibly inefficient. That like is such a waste of human effort. We have so many great humans. And instead of seeing that and being like, great, 
10 people over there. Let's use them to do a cool thing. We're like, okay, there's 10 people, but some of them have like weird hair. So <laughs> I'd rather you don't help me do this thing. That's really important. Yeah. That's such a waste of humans. And we have this great thing about like ignoring problems. Uh, just be, and uh, it was, I forget who said it. It was a great saying. It was something like the fun thing about bad decisions is if you make them over, if you make the same one over and over again, it just becomes tradition. And like, we love traditions, right? Even if they're bad for us. Well, I was like, that's a, is that a human thing? Is that a robot thing? Is that a robot thing that became a human thing? Um, you're, let's talk about how, Every artist I know has a full-time job uh, or or a part-time work to allow for them to, um, you know, get their their hobbies, uh, get their yayas out with their hobbies at a different time because that's just the way our world's working these days. A lot of there's not a lot of money specifically for artists just to primarily just do their art. Um, how do you find, you know? finding work and freelance work uh, and does it uh, allow you to uh, do what you want to do and does it teach you anything or give you new tricks or new gear or all that kind of stuff? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, like, I uh, uh, I do primarily um, video work for corporate and, and other bands. I, I make a lot of, like, music videos and promotional videos for... Uh, for touring bands and bands who want, you know, uh, Canada Council grants and Factor uh, grants and all that stuff, uh, which is super rewarding. I get to do, you know, I get to tell stories, which is what I really love to do more than anything is uh, uh, tell stories and capture kind of uh, spontaneity and real like human interactions. My favorite thing is when I get to like shoot a band and I get, you know, I I get just the right shot of the of the bassist glancing over and sharing an inside joke that is like you know a, an augmented fifth with the drummer who's you know doing a specific fill at a certain time you know like getting those little relationships is my favorite thing and it's been a lot of work and some of the jobs are corporate you know which are soul-sucking you trade like your time and and humanity for these green rectangles and <laughs> and that yeah like you said it lets you buy some new gear and get better at what you're doing and take time to take time to write everything i think everything i think you asked if anything like inspires or or aids in the conceptualizing or aids in the conception of of like art and music and everything right like everything i see goes in <laughs> go it all goes in the soup it's just like in uh it, everything's a little tetris block that needs to be rotated in just the right way do you ever feel like you want to multiply yourself so you could be doing a million things at once every single day <laughs> i think about like how wonderful it would be to like clone myself and think like oh it would be so great to like subcontract my own myself out to a different job and but then i think like oh god i'd never be able to get myself to pay rent and and it would never work too because because they would all be you so they would all go out and find like a dozen other side jobs and then become incredibly <laughs> busy as well and you, now you just have to manage 12 equally busy versions of yourself <laughs> oh that sounds awful <laughs> right? well maybe not like maybe one would be doing the dishes and like and vacuuming the house you know, and like one would be like if you had four Jakes, what would they be doing? 
one would probably be full-time playing with Lego. Uh, another one would be, yeah, just researching camera gear. Uh, I'd probably have to, one of us would have to go in and stop the other three from playing Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering all the time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'd, when we, when we get into like the work zone, we'd definitely, it'd be great to just send myself out and you know have two camera guys on one thing and have two guys back at home like writing songs and arguing over chord structures and all that maybe one person editing there's so much editing right so much editing for every you know for every frame you shoot that's like an hour of editing i mean and then post-production right and there are so many tools that make some things so much easier like uh so much great editing software like pluralize you you shoot a bunch of stuff and you record a bunch of sound it used to be you take it home and then you have to sync it all manually now it's like sync it all for me and that's like great that's so much time off my plate but now now i'm gonna go into frame blending and time compressing and making all of my shots work perfectly with them and color correcting and do you feel a bit like there's like option anxiety and like just option overload? Uh, all the time. When I, whenever I'm like working on a, my favorite way to write songs is just to start up with my loop pedal. Like I, that's how I started everything. And which, thank you for that. You started all of that nonsense. Oh, by, you heard it here first. <laughs> well, you you uh, recommended me that uh, that boomerang pedal, right? When I was uh, when I was just getting uh, back on my feet. After a car accident, I was. You showed me the boomerang pedal, and then I started playing with it with different instruments. And this one too. Remember you borrowed this? Yes. Oh, I love that pedal. The thing is, that one is so great because it has the hold function that works better than the DD3. Because if you just dial it up, then you can do the uh, the fun like overlapping, um, escalating delays and sustains within the loops. But anyways. All right. Wait. 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 So now that we've described this pedal but we haven't actually said what it's called and everyone's trying to guess in their brain oh. as they listen. <laughs> Thank you, Willow. The big, big reveal. It's the, the pedal do- was... It's the Dodd, D-O-D, like no one uses, uh, <laughs> the digital delay DFX9. So all the super nerds out there, if they want to Google that, it's a purple... All the pur- super nerds already knew which one we were talking about. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love that pedal. Yeah, you want to borrow it again? I would love to. <laughs> all right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm passing it to Jake right now. <laughs> no, I dropped it. It's, he's, he's already recording with it right now. His, one of the, one of the multiple one of the multiplications of himself has um, now left the room. Yeah, so I mean, I like to when I write songs, I like to start with the loops and like put down you know drums and bass and guitar, and then as I'm like listening to it, I think like, oh, this this would sound better in six eight, or like, oh, maybe it, maybe it should be like just a little bit different, and then you just get almost paralyzed with like the the potential of things and it becomes so overwhelming that you think like okay where could this go and weighing that versus like what can i do <laughs> and uh yeah what should happen like what does yeah, this song need exactly that's what one of the things i'm learning too and i'm trying to impart with a lot of people is is take your ego aside from this your whatever project you're doing or the 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 song you're doing or the movie or whatever um and just really think about what is it what does it need like take your personality aside and just say oh this actually needs horns or you know what this doesn't need bass i'm like the other day i was recording at a big studio and i was playing bass and i was like i'm i'm actually gonna put the bass down yeah 
I'm just going to do guitar and drums right now. You guys do it. And I'm just going to go have some chips in the control room. <laughs> yeah. And I, mean, I did. And I ate those chips. So I did, I did a great <laughs> job. And there's no bass on the song anymore. <laughs> yeah, because there's a certain amount of like trusting your instincts. And then there's a certain amount of like objectivity, like looking at this thing and being like, I want to do a little, you know, claw hammer guitar line here. But like, that's that's not appropriate for this song. And like, how do you and, you know, but then <laughs> weighing that versus like, OK, now it's gotten away from me and it's no longer something that I would do. Right. Well, And it's so kind of like. Um, it's like being pulled apart like a plate of spaghetti because like in order to have something to criticize in an objective way you have to be personally make it it's your thing it's completely your invention so that's incredibly personal really connected to yourself but then simultaneously you have to kind of like god vision yeah. just look down on yourself doing it and and scold yourself for doing the wrong thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, we've heard Jake speak a lot about uh, this project um, as an outsider slash insider. Um, tell us a little bit about your your role in this uh, project and maybe a bit of your backstory with your, um, you know, your your, I guess, some of the art you've made. Well, um, I have been making music my whole life, but not at all in a professional bandy type sense until um, I met and started collaborating with Jake. Um, as for the show, <laughs> my official t show title has changed a couple of times depending on what Jake most needs in the moment, <laughs> I suppose. Um I'm, I, I'm, I've started to mostly think of myself as kind of the show handyman. Just wherever we need extra bodies, I will go do that thing. Um, well, yeah, because you've, you know, like officially you're the stage manager and production manager. So you are coordinating where everything is and how everything is. But you're also building sets. You're building costumes. Mm -hmm. You're wrangling actors and extras. You've... Uh, you've written a song for the show, which is huge. And, and terrifying. It's so horrifying to write songs. I <laughs> never realized before writing songs, which well, is Most reasonable. people are, are horrified by playing them or performing them but you, you actually that you get you get scared writing them or yeah. playing them or, or recording them or what i mean performance stuff like sure sometimes that's that that can just be straight up scary sometimes um but i find that so much easier than the writing and recording writing is definitely better than recording for me recording songs is so either totally fine or absolutely miserable because cause when you're up on stage, at least for me anyway, this is this is primarily before I was involved in Alphabot, I was a huge fan of Alphabot. So on one hand, it's it, it started being really intimidating for me to kind of get up on stage and be a part of it because it was like, am I just messing with this really good thing that I already really love and enjoy? <laughs> am I still going to get to really love and enjoy it when I'm a part of it? Um, but now it it comes with kind of a sense of ease because. I know I can do it, and now I'm just I, like I kind of look at myself as a very interactive instrument. Like I'm, I'm just a portion of this band that I really believe in. But that was completely started for me beforehand. I didn't have to do any of that work. Um, but yeah, writing and recording music, it's so there's there's a portion of it that just feels so unnatural. 
um, because you have to dissect everything and, and pay attention to nitty gritty tiny pieces of this thing that's supposed to be a whole. It's like if you were, <laughs> you have people over for dinner and then instead of actually making them a meal, you just give them individual ingredients to try and digest. Like here's an entire clove of garlic. You're welcome. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It's, it feels really weird. And then you hear it after it's put together and it, it, it feels better. And you're like, oh, okay, this isn't just weird garlic garbage. But for a while there, <laughs> it's just strange. <laughs> well, I mean, and part of that is our, like, we're recording in a bedroom, right? Where I'm, like, I'm engineering and you're performing. So, I mean, if we were in a different setting like when we recorded (laughs) live off the floor it was very different right because we were just sort of trying to do our best in the song as opposed to like make each individual piece that's true yeah and i'm definitely being over dramatic it's not like like i didn't you know have a hissy fit it wasn't like getting you know your teeth pulled or anything (laughs) but it definitely is a huge it's so drastically different from just getting up on stage and performing a song and what about um your your face painting i don't even know if that's what you would call it um some of the art in that regard are you going to be doing anything like that for the show a little bit yeah um i already have a little bit um we have one really cool scene um uh that we've that jake is engineering um for a fictional band called the flying caskets uh, which is an awesome, spooky band composed of dead folks. Undead folks, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but normal people don't generally look dead, so we've had to do a little bit of finagling there, and some of that will be face paint, and some of it has been face paint, so and body paint, I guess. And there's like, you know, we've got a violinist who's playing the tendons pulled from his neck, and a guy playing a, a, a jugular bass, which is pulling a jugular vein out of a of a prone guy and plucking away at it and uh some some of the spoilers we've given away um in this podcast i don't even think we've given enough spoilers out you know <laughs> like, like every time we you uh, you explain uh, part of a scene from one of the episodes it's just it's just it's going to captivate more and more people to like what is this thing well there's there's a lot at play right like there's i mean how would you talk about like uh, nightmare before christmas right like describing you know individual elements in like 30 minutes is like what (laughs) <laughs> there's someone who sews their own body back together after falling from a tower and if if so it's three hours though it's is four it? well four hours it's eight 30 minute episodes mm-hmm. okay and there are already spoilers out there technically because this is i mean this is a hugely more elaborate storyline with more than there's ever been before but portions of this story um have been in comics that jake has been writing and releasing with um, the last few records that he's done. So cool. with a record, you get the comic, but also there's a lot of, of that content just up on the website too. So if you do want secret sneak peeks into the story of the show. That is true. Like alphabot.ca has the comics. And if you've bought uh, in one of the Eeps that came out a long time ago or uh, the Rabbit Troop uh, bedroom EP that we did, each release that I do would include like a comic, which is part of the story. And the uh, Rabbit Troop, the most recent one, in between each song when I'm playing live, we do a little 
setting the scene right and saying like this is the this is the part of the story that this song takes place in and uh rabbit troop was the first time on the record that we actually included the little setting the scenes in between songs which was a lot of fun um are you going to do any kind of um like trailers for uh maybe like some sort of I got a trailer to get people to come to the show, like any like 30 second teasers of, of a set or of a song or of a thing. Have you thought about that kind of promoting? Oh, absolutely. If you, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, and Willow to a lesser extent, which is alphabet is real and Willow Weber. I think. Yeah. I think I'm just Willow Weber or Lip uh, Willis. I can't remember. <laughs> One of those two. You'll see stuff like you'll see us doing the tests for the hologram or like, um, doing some of the body paint tests or building costumes or building set pieces or, you know, songwriting with Laura Barrett or hanging out with zoo owl, uh, <laughs> working on his animatronic T-Rex head that he's built. It's, there's so much in this show. I like, know, it, it would take like me. It. it would take me eight hours to <laughs> to, <laughs> to go through to, to properly yeah. articulate what's happening. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, and af- after this show, uh, like I'm just thinking of how, how big of a scale and of scope this is. Um, are you going to be filming it with security cameras? Are you going to be like? How are you going to? You know, sometimes I think about my projects and like four years from now, what am I, how am I going to look back on this or what am I going to regret? Like, are you going to, because I guess if you filmed it, it would be, how long did you say? Eight hours? Eight hours. Yeah. So it'd be an eight, like you couldn't really film an a eight, Netflix eight. special. Yeah. It would have to be yeah, like eight one hour episodes. Um, is there thoughts of, of uh, documentation? Yeah. I've been talking with my video guys about like what we've got. We've got, uh, you know, because of my professional work, I've got some pretty good camera rigs. So we'll be setting up some GoPros and some proper cameras to shoot the thing and do a proper audio record. Mitch is actually going to, he's talked about coming out and documenting either rehearsal or, you know, practices or, or one of the episodes, which would be amazing because Mitch is a fantastic video man. <laughs> yeah, so that's how he, that's his, on his card it just yeah, says video fan- man oh, so, no, it just says fantastic video man fantastic video and man. it just says mitch there's no yeah yeah it's just mitch and there's mitch. no it's no contact either it's just, <laughs> yeah, like, fantastic video. you, you whisper got, his name into the wind and then you just yeah. gotta figure it out if he feels like it he'll he'll contact he'll yeah. send you a beacon yeah mm-hmm. there was a time he was that elusive he he comes in waves of of uh of hermitness and uh you know life of the party he goes oh, he goes back and forth i mean he's um, yeah but hey this isn't his podcast right sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry enough about that fantastic video man <laughs> however this is his podcast but it isn't yeah <laughs> uh, he's hosting it um love you mitch yeah um <laughs> well that's so that's exciting and i guess not to i know this is exciting to think about uh the start of august um is there uh anything you know in 2017 or 18 that uh, you see kind of coming and that's in the, that you've put on hold like a, in a back burner artistically. Yeah. Um, or either of you guys, and this is a two part question. <laughs> well, when I first pitched the, uh, the show to Summerworks, you know, I, I originally envisioned this show as like a, a short animated feature. Right. And so I've been releasing the comic book uh, in parts and really I've, 
loved comic books forever. I started collecting, you know, in my you know, four or five and the just the idea of like the superhero and the and the storytelling of visuals and narrative paired so well in that in that format broken up with ads for hostess twinkies and all of that uh, uh i just love that process and then uh when i pitched the show i wasn't sure if it was gonna you know have any traction or anything and then it and then it happened and so you know i i don't see an end for for this project i mean i would love to take the the crush on humans show uh to different cities right to do like the Halifax music scene and the Montreal music scene and different, uh, all kinds of different cities. And like you said, documenting this show is huge. And I don't even see the live show being the end of, of this iteration of it. I could, I would love to take this and make it into an animated short, like that show over the garden wall Mm -hmm. would be, is a huge inspiration. So making something <laughs> something like that would be great or, or even flight of the concords yeah know, like flight it. of the concords yeah. absolutely it has the mighty boosh it same, has yeah. uh, segments of it like you know interspersed i kind of hear um well, that's cool i would and and willow um well uh i am very much looking forward to having just time to decide on projects on the fly not having like an entire block of six months planned out for one specific thing not that it has been uh, like it's, it's been an incredible process but i'm very much looking forward to just kind of having more artistic freedom that and um jake has been writing a new album for quite some time he's got some really awesome new songs um and i'm i'm personally very much looking forward to hearing those come to fruition and him having time to really devote to them that's true. A lot of those songs will be in the in the Summerworks show, and they'll continue to develop, and they'll get released when when they do. Mm-hmm. When they do, that's good. Um, well, when I wrap up these podcasts, I always do kind of like a firing line. I call it Dill's Last Call. Awesome. Um, so I'll just ask you guys some questions, and then you answer them. Write uh, whatever comes to mind. So um, favorite to restaurant or your go-to ones that you guys like do you have one of each oh julie's it's a cuban cafe at uh, like dundas and Dovercourt. it's this really intimate little place lit with like christmas lights and the shelves look very much like your shelves they're like stuff all over the place and the food is just phenomenal julie's mm-hmm. yeah um i really like Julie's definitely would be my top one, but for just stop in, easy peasy, need a really great coffee or an incredible hunk of something to eat, Bloomers is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Where's that? It is Bloor and Ossington. I think it's all vegan or like all vegan options and just really, really quality food. Whether or not you care about vegan stuff, it's just really, really good. Okay. Um, favorite movie. Uh, this is a two-parter. One uh, favorite of all time, or one of the all-time favorite movies of yours, and then something recent that you love. Oh gosh. Uh, it doesn't think... have to be like the all-time movie because <laughs> yeah. it's like or it's too much. Yeah. I think Princess Bride is it. Like it is my all-time favorite movie. Like just it's so wonderful, and it's got so many things that I love: <laughs> giants and pirates, sword fighting, and true love, and miracles, and uh, Billy Crystal and uh, and Christopher Guest. <laughs> yep, 
we have a lot of the same favorite things <laughs> um that yeah definitely the princess bride um if I couldn't pick that, because Jake picked it, so I had to pick something else, because he just like yanked that one off the shelf, um, I'd probably go for Eternal Sunshine. Oh, yeah. That's but only if break. I was ready to cry. Yeah. It'd have to be one of those days. Yeah, it's uh, quite a quite a flick. I think, I don't know if Jim Carrey's made a, something as good as that since. Mm-hmm. No. Well, yeah. I mean, what a team. Michelle Gondry, Charlie Kaufman, and Spike Jones working on that thing. I'm pretty sure it was all three of them. I'll probably get... I look forward to the internet comments of like, no, you idiot. Yeah. The thousands of internet yeah, the thousands comments. of internet comments from the one guy who yeah. cares about <laughs> Charlie right. Kaufman that yeah. much. It's still. <laughs> That'll just be Gondry, actually. He, <laughs> he, he loves the He song. Googles his name all the time, and so he'll just he'll see his name online somewhere. That would be amazing. So what about recent, anything recent that you would recommend oh, yeah. to people? Uh, we saw Baby Driver recently. Yeah, I, really I really good. liked Baby Driver. Um, Get Out, of course, was... Oh, oh. Inside Out. Oh, I'm, inside I'm going out. Inside Out. That one, I mean, not as recent as Baby Driver, but holy crap, is that ever an incredible movie. Talk yeah. about a movie that we need, too. Like, if you're going to pump out tons of movies for kids, it might yeah. as well be movies like Inside Out. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to fly, but it was... It was it was you know because you think everyone just wants pablum everyone just yeah. wants this like hey here's this glossy thing just eat it yeah <laughs> you know just watch it just listen to it whatever the content is mm-hmm. uh, the medium is but yeah i agree that was a great flick it was so developed and like meaningful in terms of mental health which is so overlooked so overlooked and so important and engaged on so many levels ah oh, great movie <laughs> Uh, now album uh, all time or one of the all times for you guys and recent oh man um all time favorite album could be one of them yeah it could be one of them i mean i listen to mule variations by tom waits a lot you know what i i think i'm gonna go with sonder lurkes two-way monologues just it it's a it's a it's a masterpiece. It's a beautiful, beautiful record. Yeah. I wouldn't say a masterpiece like Psych of the World. I think it's like one of his masterpieces. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I just, I, I love him as a performer and as a songwriter. Like having English as his second language, he has a lot of weird little lines. And so even though it, it's not like, it's not the pinnacle of, of any musicianship or songwriting, but just for him and his creation, it is beautiful and I love it to death. Mm-hmm. Okay, Willa. I think that because because the question was album, not like artist or song or stuff. Like there's other songs and artists that I think I like way more than this. But for an album that works really well as an album, I think Airplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah it works. It just has such great flow. The first time I listened to it, I was really confused. But then I listened to it again. And then I just listened to that for like two straight weeks. Yeah. Uh, recently, I don't know. I really like July Talk. They're you know yeah. Peter and Leah are wonderful people, and uh, and that first record was great. I mean, it won the Juno. I really like Shaky Graves. His um and the horse he rode in on was great. It's uh, there's too much. There's so much like quality quality stuff. I was just seeing what you'd recommend. Yeah. <laughs> so that's two. Do you have anything? Well, Do I have anything else? Um, so you'd recommend to the listeners? <laughs> the other stuff that I I just got into Vampire Weekend like this year <laughs> somehow, <laughs> and they're great. Um, pretty mainstream, but pretty awesome. Um, 
another pretty mainstream one that I really love is Mother Mother. Um, I don't know which album that I would recommend, but but yeah, both really good, solid, solid bands. That's good. Well, this is what I was I was looking for. I was fishing for. Uh, <laughs> the last one is um, his gear. If what would your you know favorite gear that you you would buy or favorite gear you would buy like something? If I just said, here you go. I don't know. I'm I'm a big believer in like uh, what you've got. What you do with what you've got is the most important thing, and like you can, you know, there's no end. There's there's an infinite amount of like things you can buy that would make really cool stuff. Like I'd love to have like a chaos pad and have just the time to play with anything. But like recently, we've been playing where I you know, hit a suitcase with a kick drum pedal and a tambourine with a kick drum pedal on the other foot and play guitar. And, and like, that's uh, been so much more meaningful to me than like anything that I could buy. Cause like I, you know, made this thing after seeing shaky graves do it. Right. I was like, I, I want to try that. And then that, that like building it and, and making your own thing is huge. I mean, like, uh, ramshackling together all of these delay pedals through loops and drum machines and multiple instruments into those things is, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what I would buy. I'd probably take the money and buy, uh, I don't know, magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined my question. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that was perfect. That's that's a perfect answer. Oh no, I'd buy the Lego for sure. I'd just buy all the Lego I could. Um, do instruments count as gear? Sure. Yeah. Um, I would, I would want like 20 new kalimbas or just one huge kalimba. <laughs> you um, have big thumbs for that. But again, like I think the kalimba that you made out of the street sweeper tines and like the scrap wood you found, like I love the sound of that thing. I do too. But the question was, what would you buy? Not what would I you sp- have time to yeah, make? Yeah, I, I suppose. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes, no, that one was that one was definitely fun. Yeah. So kalimbas, I would really like to have a big old piano, like the ones that don't ever get into tune, mm. like my grandparents have, um, and bubble machines. We already have one, but that's not enough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of like having multiple lava lamps. Exactly. Yeah. So you just, exactly. Like, like having that. a bubble machine is pretty rad, but mm-hmm. when you have two, like, like and stereo. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's that's next level. It's also I don't think that I could ever stay sad now that I have a bubble machine and I know the effect it has on a park, because if you're ever feeling down and you don't have specific reason that you're not allowed to be in a park full of children. You take a bubble machine to the park full of children. Now you have like an entire troop of dancing children, and You're chasing bubbles. Yeah, and that'll cheer you right up. Do yeah, you the have- rate that that thing pumps out bubbles. I had no <laughs> idea it was going to be like that. It's like it's a- taking all the jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the single, like little, the manual one one man bubble thing. Does it? You need a really long extension cord, eh? Or is it battery powered? It does yeah. leak bubble fluid everywhere, though. I wonder. I said, how many more years until it's like solar powered? Mm. It's like even wind powered would make a lot of sense. Yeah, mm. the wind. Well, you, yeah, or like hook it up to a bicycle. Yes, you could strap it to the back of your bike and you could ride and well, there's a, shoot. There's a lot of animated movies where like the cars, like the exhausts, are just yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Susie and yeah, 
that's that's the kind of world I live in sometimes. I'm sure you do as well, it sounds like. <laughs> um, well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, uh, Southern Souls podcast listeners out there. Um, you've just been listening to Willow and Jake from Alphabot. They have a very big performance coming up. Performances, August 8th, 10th, 12th, and 13th, 2017. Um, at what's the theater called? It's uh, the Pia Bowman uh, Ballet School at uh, Queen and Dufferin, Queen and Lansdowne, Six Noble Street. And the show is called Crush on Humans. I think we only said it once. Yeah, you can like hashtag Crush on Humans, and it'll link you to everything. Neat. Uh, it's uh, the tickets and more info is available on at summerworks.ca or alphabot.ca. Again, that's summerworks.ca or alphabot.ca. Uh, just check those for links and thanks so much for listening and uh, good luck with your performances. Thanks. Thanks for having us. This is great. You're welcome. All right. Peace, everyone.